Hey there, happy Masterful Living, happy Monday. So grateful to join with you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, what a blessing this class is. I have to say that in listening to your community calls, I feel so inspired and so very grateful that we get to join together. And we are blessed in joining together. Oh my goodness, yes. So let's dive into that right this second and begin with prayer. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart. As we tune in and tune upwards here, so grateful and so thankful for this divine opportunity that we've given ourselves to know the truth that sets us free. So grateful and so thankful that we are choosing to remember our true identity. So grateful and so thankful that we are saying yes to our healing and yes to restoration, allowing ourselves to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit Self. Breathing deeply and reading the prayer from the workbook that is uh, the the great invocation, but I believe it's mislabeled as let light and love and power restore the planet on earth. And, you know, errors happen and we love ourselves free of any condemnation. So, I am a messenger of light. I am a pilgrim on the way of love. I do not walk alone, but I know myself as one with all great souls and one with them in service. Their strength is mine. This strength I claim. My strength is theirs, and this I freely give. A soul I walk on earth. I represent the one. Breathing deeply, so we remember that this is our true path, each and every one of us. I am that I am, and we are one with the I am presence of all beings. I am a messenger of light. This is true for each and every one of us. There's not a one of us in Masterful Living that literally hasn't come for this holy purpose to be a messenger of light. So we join together in our purpose. I am a messenger of light. I am a pilgrim on the way of love. I am a pilgrim on the way of love. Remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I, I believe it's I am is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus' teachings were called the way. So I am a pilgrim on the way of love. I do not walk alone, 
we walk together. And we do, we walk not just with each other in masterful living, but we walk with the angels and the masters. We walk with the ancestors. We walk with these great teachers of love and light whose purpose is to join with us and to offer us as much guidance and support and love and healing as we are willing to accept. I do not walk alone but know myself as one with all great souls. Like drops of water in the ocean joining together, we are one with all great souls. And we're one with them in service, in service to the light, in service to the light in our own heart, that threefold heart flame that is the center and focus of each one of us and in service to the light in our brothers and sisters. Their strength is mine. This strength I claim. Let us claim our strength by recognizing that it's there. And even if we've never consciously activated it or allowed it or valued it for one second prior to this moment, it's still there, still available, and we're claiming it now. My strength is theirs, and this I freely give. So we draw strength from the company of heaven supporting us each and every moment, and we freely give it. Because it is freely given to us, we freely share it. And in sharing it, we multiply it. A Course in Miracles tells us to have, give all to all. So we are freely sharing, giving, and this strengthens us. This increases our flow. A soul, I walk on earth. I represent the one. Yes. In the truly helpful, the purpose prayer, on page 28 in the text of A Course in Miracles, it says that the one who sent me will guide me. And one of the prayers that I began praying uh, oh, approximately 19 years ago was to represent the one who sent me which is the one I am willing to represent the one who sent me Mother, Father, God, Infinite Spirit I am a messenger of light I am a pilgrim on the way of love. I do not walk alone, but I know myself as one with all great souls and one with them in service. Their strength is mine. This strength I claim. 
My strength is theirs, and this I freely give. A soul, I walk on earth. I represent the one. So let us rest in that and open our heart and mind to the truth that sets us free. Breathing deeply. In the workbook, one of the most powerful tools that I've ever come across is one that I share in the workbook, and they're called the Purity Affirmations. And I encourage you to work with them on a daily basis. Try it for a week. And I encourage you to read each one of them in turn aloud nine times if you can. I understand that sometimes it's uncomfortable to read things aloud in your home. Perhaps you're getting up to have few minutes of spiritual practice before the rest of the family gets up might feel awkward or uncomfortable to say things aloud. I totally understand that. One thing you can do is uh, you can still read them and with the full intention that it will be just as powerful as if you were to read them aloud. And remember that working with the prayers, working with the affirmations, if you're not energizing it from your heart, it has significantly less power. So the power that we have is aligning our will, our use of free will with divine will, and putting our heart energy into it. So we all know the difference between doing something wholeheartedly and just paying lip service. We all know the difference. Every single one of us. So the invitation really is to put your whole heart into it. And you know what? That's no small thing. That's a really big thing. I know there's no big or small in God, but it's a very powerful thing. And uh, people have said to me, oh, I've been doing these things. They don't really work to me for me. And I say, do you really put your heart into it? And see, speaking it out loud makes it so powerful. So the purity affirmations, uh, My, I think my favorite one is I am the purity of love. And so there's a big difference between me saying nine times, I am the purity of love. 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 Saying it without really feeling it, without really placing my energy into it, still going to have an effect. However, it's totally different when I put my heart into it. 
and first I, I partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and I invite you to join with me now. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self with our hand on our heart and our intention in saying this affirmation nine times is to place our whole heart into it, to release any resistance, any obstacles in our mind, in our karmic history, in any point in time, and we're releasing any and all resistance to being the purity of love in action in our world. So pouring our whole being into it. I am the purity of love. 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 Taking that breath and broadcasting that love throughout the universe. I am the purity of love. Mm. Feeling that difference. So I invite you to really work with that this week. And with the workbooks, I'm inviting you to explore them, to work with, to, to give yourself some time each week to work with the masterful inquiries, working your way through those masterful inquiries. Pray before you do them doing that healing work. And then if you have five minutes in the morning to do the mastery journal, five minutes in the evening to do the evening practice, you will begin to see the transformation. And especially if you're partnered up with your higher Holy Spirit self, you're going to see a big difference between praying, partnering up, and doing it versus being in whatever state you just happen to be in in that moment. Because there's a big difference between doing it from ego identification and authentic true self-identification. So there's that opportunity for you. So this week we're going to work on the um, Ho'oponopono and... I am just going to say a further prayer and bless our class before we do that. So once again, I'm inviting you to place your hand on your heart and we're setting this intention for our class today. Partnered up with the higher Holy Spirit self, I am that I am. One with the I am presence of all beings. We open our hearts and minds to the very highest possibility for our liberation in this moment, in this class, we state our true and active willingness to hear the voice of God leading us and guiding us in everyone who speaks in this class. We are grateful and thankful 
to make a holy offering of all limiting thoughts and to open our hearts and minds to the very highest possibility of love's healing power active in our heart and mind in our life and the activities of our life in our awareness right here and right now. I am is the purity of our thoughts, our choices, our intentions, our chakras, and every thought, word, and belief that's shared in this class. We are grateful and thankful to allow our healing to be shared with all beings because we're one with them, and we're grateful and thankful to accept the gifts of God in this moment right now. So grateful. In gratitude, we let it be, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. So grateful. All right. So let's see here. And let's begin. I, I, I want to say again that the community calls are excellent. Last week's community call last Saturday, the other day. So beautiful to hear the sharing, to hear how you're working with the Ho'oponopono. It's such a beautiful and simple teaching, so you've had plenty of time now. If you were interested in reading uh, Zero Limits to discover more about the Ho'oponopono teaching, you could remember there's a video that I placed on your video page in your Masterful Living uh, online resources there in the video page. And so... Uh, as I've shared before, I really appreciate the audio book of Zero Limits because it uh, it has the voice of Dr. Hugh Lin, and I am voice activated. So it is uh, audio is one of my strongest intuitive senses, clear audience, and when I hear a person's voice. The vibration of it is, for me, I experience it as encoded with information. And we all do. We all do. That's how we can tell someone's irritated, someone's happy. We can be very sensitive to the sound of people's voices. I um, am staying with friends who are like family to me and um, my goddaughter's family and the mom is someone I've known for a long time, and she is a, a songwriter and a singer. And um, I was telling her yesterday that there's one of her songs where I can hear in the song that she's smiling. And uh, just by the shift in the sound of her voice. And she said, oh, you know, my mom says the same thing. See, 
her mom and I are both so familiar with the sound of her voice. We can even tell <laughs> by when she's smiling. And so uh, there are all these nuances and subtleties to the voice. And the sound is uh, thought. Thought is sound. And it's an energetic vibration, obviously, that is uh, it's our power because sound and the way that we express our thought through the use of sound, we're expressing our thoughts and our beliefs that sound has an effect. And you can think about how, for instance, you can use the sounds that you make to hurt somebody's feelings, to be disrespectful to them, to um, annoy them or irritate them, or to comfort them, to demonstrate love. And one of the things that I know people started to say to me the more my I became more loving, the more people said to me, I love listening to you. I love the sound of your voice. The sound of your voice feels comforting or healing to me. But you see, before I really dedicated myself to my healing and being more loving, people didn't say that to me. <laughs> they didn't. So, uh, it's something for us to think about. So, when I listened to Zero Limits, because that was my first experience with Zero Limits, I kept hearing Ho'oponopono, 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 kept coming into my awareness. So, I searched online, I okay, I'd like to understand, what is Ho'oponopono? And... Uh, I came up with this book, and I got the audio book, and I listened to it. And then when I first heard Dr. Hugh Len's voice, I immediately, I, I said, oh, this is, he knows. He, he, he has the vibration of one who knows. He's not just, like Joe Vitale, to me, his voice is the voice of someone who has a more intellectual understanding, even though he's got all these demonstrations from his experience. When I hear the difference between their two voices, has nothing to do so much with the timbre or tenor of it. There's just... The vibration, to me, is very different between their two voices. And you can feel the difference in their intention. And so I would say to you, Joe Vitale's vibration is to share. And it's also to get something to some degree. I feel that. And um, But it's also very strongly to share. He's very excited about these teachings, but he's very excited about the teachings in large part for what he can make manifest in this world. And Hugh Lin is sharing from the place of, 
this is truth. This is the pearl beyond price. And his intention in sharing is joyful, and he's very, very joyful about it. And he's very clear of the power of it. And he doesn't need, you'll notice that the parts with Hugh Lynn are pretty small compared to the parts with Joe Vitale. But really, if you if you cut out three-quarters of Joe Vitale and you just had a little bit of him and his experience and interaction with Hugh Lynn without all those other stories, I think it would be a more powerful book because all you really need is what Hugh Lynn has to share. So uh, that's not a criticism of the book or anything um, God bless Joe Vitale for following through on his guidance to bring this teaching really to our attention. So God works through our willingness. And Joe Vitale had all the training in marketing and all the intention and all of that to bring forth this teaching so that we could move into our hearts and hear the truth as spoken by both Joe Vitale and Hugh Lynn. So in this, uh, so I have the copy uh, here, which is the one that has the, the um, looks like the Hawaii shoreline here um, with the green bar across the top on the beginning. I mean, on the, on the, front cover and uh, so in on my page 30 here there's a quote from is it 30 no 31 uh, from Hugh Lynn they're kind of in the middle he says you have two ways to live your life from memory or from inspiration memories are old programs replaying Inspiration is the divine giving you a message. You want to come from inspiration. The only way to hear the divine and receive inspiration is to clean all memories. The only thing you have to do is clean. So this is exactly what it says in A Course in Miracles. You're either, if, if what you're doing Right from the beginning in the lessons, everything that I see only has the meaning that I made of it. And all my upset, everything I'm experiencing is just the past, the meaning that I made of it, the decisions I made based on the meaning I made of it, which is the karma, just repeating again and again and again and again. So this is why in Masterful Living, I say, that our attention is on interrupting those patterns. So when the upset happens, the irritation, the frustration, the sadness, the depression, the jealousy, the guilt, the blame, the shame, however that irritation or the, that disruption is showing up, that is the pattern 
coming into our awareness for healing. One of the ways I talk about it is if you think of yourself as a pure light, you've heard me talk about this, like a pure light, and you're trying to shine your light into this third dimensional experience, and you're shining it through all the beliefs, which are all those patterns, which are all the meaning that you've made of things, and the decisions that you've made about yourself, about life, about love, about God, about what's possible. All the decisions and all the meaning that you've made are all the complex patterns of belief that you're trying to shine your light through in order to express in this world. So everything that you see and experience in this world is the result of that projecting the light through the belief systems. Those belief systems, those patterns are the past. What we see and experience and what we feel physically and emotionally and our thoughts are largely this expression of the past being made manifest in this 3D world so that we can actually work with our mind. It's the projection. It's the illusion that is the projection of our individual and collective beliefs made manifest in the world of form. And so you see, no matter how we choose to express in this world, no matter what we choose to make manifest, to experience, no matter how we choose to think or feel, our spirit is perfect, whole, complete, unbroken, undamaged, unhurtable. And our responsibility in this world is our response ability. It's our ability to respond to our situations, experiences, relationships, emotions, physical manifestation in the body and around the body that gives us something to work with, to learn from, to heal as our path of awakening. So it is the fastest path of divine purification and expression in the universe. And we are fortunate enough to have been granted the opportunity to have this experience to express ourselves individually however we choose and to learn from it and to share that learning 
with the entire collective. And the people who are incarnate right now have had, I mean, this is what other teachers are saying, that what their understanding is, is that there was a huge number of beings and souls who deeply desired to be able to incarnate at this time this golden age of awakening that we are bringing forth to share with all humanity. And we are the ones who are doing it. We are the ones who have this opportunity. And so we can make the most of it every day. And there are profound levels of support available for us 24-7 if we'll accept them, if we'll ask for them. So what Hugh Lynn is saying to us here is, you have two ways to live your life, from memory or from inspiration. So you can keep regurgitating the past and re-experiencing it and learning in a slow drip method way. Or you can get very proactive and eliminate the belief systems, the negative patterning of lack, limitation, and separation, and clear out your awareness so that you have pure, pristine awareness, and then you'll be living from that zero state, which is the inspired state, and then you will be living your true destiny, which is to be an awakened being walking on the earth, manifesting new experiences and expressions of beauty and perfection and wholeness and freedom and clarity and creativity. And all beings will benefit from that. And you'll be living your true purpose, which is to be truly helpful. So we don't have to figure out how to live that inspired life. We don't have to figure out how to awaken, or anything. All of that will be given to us if we focus entirely on the purification. So that's why I like to work with those purity affirmations. Working with Ho'oponopono is just as good. I've worked with Ho'oponopono a lot, and I like it, but I oh, I prefer the I am statements. But I do not think that one is necessarily better than the other. It's what you vibrate with. So I encourage everyone to work with both. And again, he says here, memories are old programs replaying. And programs is a really good word. Patterns is the word I tend to choose. He says, inspiration is the divine giving you a message. And what I would say is, inspiration is when we're in tune with our own true self, our Christed self, then that's we're living an inspired life. And that's our goal, to live as our Holy Christ self. And to live as what A Course in Miracles would call the Son of God. So the Father, God, the Mother, which is the Holy Spirit, gave birth to the Christ Child, which is the Son of God, and that's us. 
He says, you want to come from inspiration. The only way to hear the divine and receive inspiration is to clean all memories. The only thing you have to do is clean. And I would say, and I would add to that, the more you purify your mind and cultivate a pristine awareness, so in other words, the more you clean, the more you will hear inspiration. And inspiration is always, always flowing to us and through us. He goes on to say here on page 34, nothing exists at zero. No problems, including the need for intention. So he's talking to Joe here specifically about losing weight and having body issues and weight concerns. And he calls Joe Aokua, as I recall. I read this book a long time ago. And he, so Joe's asking for advice about how to lose weight. So he says here, weight concerns, and you could add in there uh, just about anything, a body concern, any kind of body concerns, Weight concerns are simply memories replaying, and these memories displace zero. To return to zero requires divinity erasing memories behind weight concerns. So that's what we're doing. And what I love about the Ho'oponopono teaching is, and I know some people have problems pronouncing it, but it's actually incredibly simple. If you can say ho, which we can all say ho, ho is also uh, the um, Native American word that it basically means I agree with that. So ho, and then it's o, pono, pono. Ho, o, pono, pono. Ho, o, pono, pono. So, he says here, weight concerns are simply memories replaying, and these memories displace zero you. So he's saying zero you is that perfect, pristine state. To return to zero you requires divinity erasing memories behind weight concerns. So you could talk about uh, financial issues, or any. You could substitute any concern for weight concerns here and the replacing divinity divinity replacing the concerns or the memories behind the concerns it's just like I always say we do not have to figure out how to do it or even what the concern is, what the belief is, what the pattern is. If it's something that we can speed our release of it by cognizing it or recognizing it, recognizing it, then we can ask that it be shown to us. And you know you've heard me talk about that many, many times. And to be very mindful that painful memories come into our awareness, unpleasant memories, discordant memories. 
and to start to really pay attention like a hawk to those subtle arising of those memories and say, oh, what's that? That's something coming up for healing. Because, as you've heard me say, the temptation is, when the memories come up for healing, to push it away, to, um, sub, you know, to um, deny it, to ignore it, to medicate it, to forget it, or to get on the pain train with it. So none of those is helpful. The healing comes from saying, oh, Holy Spirit, help me look at this in order to dissolve my attachment and my investment in it. This is coming up for healing. Thank you, God. I'm not interested in believing this <clears throat> memory of pain and suffering. I'm not interested in getting on the pain train with it anymore. I'm not interested in believing that it's true. It's something that happened. I'm not interested in the meaning that I made of it before. I'm interested in wholeness, healing, freedom, prosperity, love, joy, peace, harmony, and all the spiritual qualities of God being made manifest and expressed with every fiber of my being, with every breath and every thought. Whatever I need to learn from this or with this, please allow me to learn it with ease and grace right now or at the appropriate time and to share the benefits of my healing and expansion with everyone. Rather than invest in this memory again, I'm investing in my Holy Christ self being made manifest as my experience in this lifetime. I accept my healing. I allow my healing. I share my healing. That's a lot longer than I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Or I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. So, he goes on to say here, Only two laws dictate experiences. Inspiration from divinity and memory stored in the subconscious mind. Remember, he's a psychologist. The former brand new and the latter old. So the memories are old and the divinity is always new. He says, Jesus is purported to have said, Seek ye first the kingdom, which is zero state, and all else will be added. The inspiration will be added. Zero is the residence of you and divinity. From where and from when all blessings, wealth, health, and peace flow. So, our, I call it pristine awareness, our awakened state, this is everything being added unto us. 
because when we let go of seeking outside of ourselves rather than seeking the kingdom, when we let go of seeking to change the world instead of changing our mind, then we recognize that we've already be, been given the fullness of God, that we can't be given any more love, any more prosperity, any more joy, any more freedom, any more uh, wholeness. We can't be given any more creativity or wisdom or clarity or purity or any of those things. The fullness of the Christ has already been given to us, and the only reason we're not experiencing it in its fullness is because we're more interested in the past. So Masterful Living is a year-long course because m most of us, we can't do this in a few weeks or a weekend. We It helps to be able to be in a community of like-minded souls who are have different levels of commitment, and different levels of transparency and authenticity and willingness, all working together, learning with each other and from each other. So it's just like in the community call last weekend, people were saying, oh, this person's sharing helped me so much. This person's authenticity helped me so much. I saw myself in that. I heard my I recognized myself for the first time. You know, this is what happens to all of us. I'm learning so much all the time through the sharing. I learn when I'm sharing, I learn when others share and we're traveling together, we are one. And we're in this field of prayer together praying for each other. And because we have people all over the world, the prayers are happening continuously. It's a very powerful field of intentional community. It's no small thing. And we're all focused on this clearing, this cleaning, this liberation, the non-judgment, revealing the peace, the harmony, and the wholeness through our willingness. Right, I'm going to pause there and see what questions, comments, uh, anything anybody would like to share or bring up. Star 2 to raise your hand, or if you're listening online, you can type something in. While you're deciding whether or not you'd like to share something, Kiteleen, I think it was, shared uh, in the Facebook group and on the community call about her experience at the dentist's, where she had some judgments and opinions about her experience with the receptionist in the dental office, and she was going to talk to the, I guess, the person, the hygienist or whoever was working on her uh, mouth, she was going to bring up and share some of that, you know, and ask some questions, which I, from what she shared in, in the community call, it sounded like she was looking to get some confirmation of her opinions and judgments or some information about this receptionist, perhaps to justify her 
impressions, her opinions and judgments, but she decided instead, while she was having her mouth worked on, to use that time to do Ho'oponopono, and went, and then she no longer felt necessary to talk about it with the person who was working on her mouth, and then when she went back to the receptionist, she had a completely different experience with the receptionist that proved to her the power of being willing to clean her mind of the past, the memories of the past repeating. It's a beautiful example. Anybody else uh, like to share anything about uh, this Ho'oponopono? Anybody working with it? Anybody have a testimonial? Anybody have a question? Okay, we've got Vicki here raising her hand. Hey, Vicki. Hi, Jennifer. How you doing? I'm good. Good. Thank you for taking the call. Um, I have been practicing a whole pono pono, and um, basically I have been adding to the uh, prayer. So when something happens, when I catch myself in judgment, I usually say, um, I am sorry for creating a separation mm. because I feel that at the moment that I am judging, uh, I'm not in oneness anymore. So um, I say that, and then I said, uh, you know, please forgive me for, for doing so, for not knowing better, whatever the situation is, you know, my judgment. So I release it. And and when I say the I love you and the thank you, I just feel like my higher self fully embraces me like it's not a big deal. <laughs> and it's just beautiful to, to feel that release, that uh, re reunion with my higher self. So that's the way that I have been uh, practicing it. That's beautiful. Say again what you say. What I say is I say I'm sorry. Like, uh, for example, if I am judging somebody for being late and I am upset about it, I immediately say I am sorry for judging this person for being late and try to find myself in a compassion way, like um, how many times I have been late, you know. Mm. And and so when I say that, when I say I'm sorry for creating this separation, for, for having this judgment in my head, you know, by not being in union. So And then I say, please forgive me for for having these thoughts, you know. At uh, this moment, I just got irritated, and but now I, I know better, so uh, please forgive me. And then I say, the uh, I love you, and the I love you is more like I hear from my higher self, like uh, my higher self says, I love you to me, like uh, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. like, like you're making these little mistakes, you know, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And and then I just say thank you. <laughs> so it's just like um, having these conversations in my head. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It really shifts the energy because uh, when that happens, uh, you know, if, if I was upset or something, then out of the sudden I am not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there's that beautiful prayer on page 90 in uh, A Course Miracles that you hear me talk about all the time where it says, uh, I I must have chosen wrongly because I'm not at peace. And I can choose again. I can change my mind. And all the ramifications and consequences of my poor choice will will all be dissolved and resolved by the Holy Spirit because I'm willing to change my mind. And I'm handing it over. And that's what you're demonstrating to us right yes. now. You're saying that. And also what I want to ask you because... I have been um, using this prayer, but it's not as an efficient as when, um, you know, for little things. Like, but um, in my past, in my childhood, I have been um, sexually abused. And uh, sometimes I have memories, you know, of the abuse. And even though I feel that I have fully forgiven my abuser, Sometimes these flashbacks that just come into my head, mm-hmm. and and I repeat the uh, horopono, but I just don't know if those memories are ever going to be erased from my head, or it's just part of what it is. Yeah, that's a really good point there, Vicky. So one of the things I did, this came to me as guidance from spirit from my higher self. And this is one of the things I did, which is I I, I said many, many times, uh, under the guidance of my Holy Spirit and understanding the ask and it is given um, teaching, I started to say, Holy Spirit, higher self, please take from my mind all painful memories that are no longer necessary for me. If I can be truly helpful in sharing any of them, I'm happy to. And I knew in doing that prayer that if I could share from the memories of challenge and difficulty that I experienced, the pain would no longer be there. So, for instance... I have memories of times that were excruciatingly difficult for me, but when I think of them now, they're not painful for me now, and there's no discomfort in remembering them, and I'm able to teach from them joyfully. Oh, and what is that prayer again? I just say, say, higher Holy Spirit self, Please take from my mind or my awareness any painful memories that I don't need anymore. And if I can, anything I can be helpful to someone else with, share the benefits of with someone else, then I'm happy to hold on to those memories and to use them for that purpose. I see. Yeah, and I didn't have to say anything about knowing that Holding on to those memories would be uh, 
would be without, there would be no pain in them because I knew that. So I didn't have to pray to remind myself of that because I knew it. But you, you might have to pray to, to be able to have those memories that you can be helpful to others with without pain. You might have to pray to release all pain attached to them. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. didn't have to do that. I, knew I think it. that, yeah. so that's what I'm going to do. So if I ever get, um, uh, you know, those one of those flashbacks, I am going to say that prayer. Yeah, and, and you can also ask, why is this flashing into my mind now? Is there something for me to learn or know from this? And be willing to just sit with it and remember it. And what I get strongly for you now, right now, Vicki, is that there mm-hmm. might be something for you to forgive for yourself, not for someone else, but to forgive yourself. Because especially when it comes to sexual abuse and or just um, painful memories of sexual experiences, that in what I've learned from counseling people and my own experiences is that um, the one for me to forgive or the one for the person to forgive is not the other it's the self it's we even even children that i've counseled who've been sexually abused they still there's often time an aspect of forgiving themselves for judging themselves for having had sexual pleasure in a in a disrespectful situation um or for saying yes to something that would hurt them or, you know, there are just many different things that uh, very often the person hasn't forgiven themselves for. Yeah, I think that um, you're right. Um, There is some levels of self-forgiveness that I still have to... um, go deep within me mm-hmm. that um, I think that these flashbacks, because when they come back, I immediately try to take them out of my mind. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to think, I don't want to remember those things. Right. But I think that uh might be beneficial for me now mm-hmm. to allow them to come and then don't reject them and do the self-forgiveness. It takes courage, you know, and it might be something for you to do with professional support. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different for each person. There's no, oh, this is the way it is for everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, it might be helpful to have professional support. You know, I have had a lot of counseling, a lot of counseling, and I still have professional support from several different people to um, to keep doing my own deep work. And one of them is Venerable Dahani, who is, we have a class, a bonus class with her tomorrow. You'll be getting the details of that. And remember, you'll get the um, audio added into the podcast. So uh, and for me personally, I say it takes a village to raise a minister. You know, I I offer so much support 
that I really require huge amounts of support in order to be able to offer and share at the level that I do. So I'm constantly doing my own inner work, constantly, every day. No day goes by that I don't see opportunities to heal my mind. So, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, everybody's different. So for you, it might be good to go and work with a professional in some way to, to work through those memories with you. Mhm. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because you never know um, what can be unlashed from it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is um, yes, and if you're also, if you're doing lots of prayer and you're paying attention to um, your emotions, your feelings, subtle shifts, in terms of feeling uh, inclined to self-medicate. And you notice, for instance, um, you know, I've had such a journey with self-medication. I have self-medicated with, you know, work, with food, with exercise, with spiritual practice. I mean, I have done so many different kinds of self-medication and um, cigarettes, with drinking, um, just with fantasy, all kinds of different ways to medicate myself. And so if I notice I feel a pull to self-medicate, I've learned to say, okay, what's really going on here? And um, and I've learned to do that because it's it's because of my level of self-love. So be very mindful, because there is that fear, I'm going to unleash a beast if I look at these memories. It's a very common pattern. In fact, I, I don't know anyone that doesn't, in doing this healing work, have that come up, that I'm afraid to look at this or that, it's going to unleash a beast, and I, it may overwhelm me, overpower me. It may consume me. It may kill me. These are very, very, very common thoughts. Hardly anyone doesn't have them. So um, given that is just a common thing for us, then noticing subtle shifts like, oh, I really feel like I just want to veg and veg and veg, or I'm sleeping um, excessively, I'm avoiding, I'm uh, eating to um, numb my feelings, I'm smoking again, all different kinds of things that come up like that. It's really vital that we say, oh, I'm noticing that energetic pull to drown my feelings, to dismiss uh, to not pay attention to the things that are coming up for healing. I'm noticing that, oh, I suddenly don't have time for my prayer partner. Oh, I'm noticing that, oh, I, uh, whatever it is, we're in avoidance, we're allowing ourselves to be distracted, we're self-medicating, we're arguing a lot, we're feeling irritable a lot, 
we're um, complaining a lot, just really being willing to love ourselves enough to notice these shifts and to not try to manage and cope with them, but instead say, Holy Spirit, higher self, I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. What? How can I be loving to myself? I'm feeling the pull to self-medicate. I'm feeling the pull to um, unplug and to um, distract myself. I'm feeling afraid now. Higher Holy Spirit self, how can I help myself now? Help me help myself. Yeah. Now I have a question. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like uh you already um walk through that path mm-hmm. and you were able to unleash quote unquote the beast. Mm-hmm. The beast doesn't exist, right? It's just our own fears. It's just yeah. it's just an illusion. It's just it's not real, right? Yeah, well, you know what? The beast is our own self-judgment. That's what it really is. The beast is our own self-judgment. That's why part of the baseline teaching in Masterful Living is when there's a temptation to judge ourselves, that we become, in a sense, fierce in terms of protecting ourselves and say, no, those thoughts are not allowed. I am not going to give my attention, my energy in investing in those thoughts anymore. And we turn and we we start using words like darling, sweetheart, what's truly helpful here. We partner up. We use the... Um, what to do in case of freak out or meltdown. We use the willingness affirmations. And I, I can tell you, if you take those willingness affirmations in your workbook, and this is one of the practices that I give to people in Finding Freedom, is I say every day of the, the Finding Freedom course, take a different willingness affirmation and work it all day long. So you're driving in the car, you're saying your willingness affirmation. You're going to the bathroom, you're saying your willingness affirmation. You are chopping the vegetables, you're saying your willingness affirmation. Because you'll notice that in all those kinds of activities, um, uh, folding the laundry, uh, taking the dog for a walk, uh, driving in the car, chopping the carrots, washing the dishes, cutting the grass, all the different kinds of repetitive tasks, um, you'll notice that either you take it as an opportunity to be contemplative and to work your spiritual practice, to be in prayer, to um, work with affirmations, or do you take it as an opportunity to um, distract yourself, maybe by listening to something entertaining, or do you uh, talk on the phone? 
Do you um, go into worry and fear and doubt and shame and blame and complaints? Do you um, review the past uh, just to um, be right about how wrong others are or how wrong you were? Do you use that time and energy to um, fantasize? What are you doing with that time and energy? So it used to be, say, uh, before the Industrial Revolution, that people had so much time to be contemplative. They weren't listening to the radio or watching television or listening to self-help CDs. They weren't talking on the phone incessantly or to, even to other people. They were washing the clothes by hand and making the butter by hand and, you know, um, uh, doing all kinds of labor, plowing in the field and, you know, milking the cows and <laughs> planting the vegetables and uh, canning the fruit and all the different things that people did in a contemplative Zen-like way, you know, you don't wash your clothes now. You just throw them in the machine and turn it on. Nobody washes their clothes by hand anymore. I don't know anybody who does that. And, um, uh, you know, we might fold them and put them away, but that's about it. We wash or dry or done. But the, you know, the whole process used to be a, a long opportunity to be contemplative and prayerful and mindful and to listen to what the mind was actually going on and on about. And so uh, avoiding that or being medicated all the time with, um, uh, you know, all the different things, sugar and cigarettes and all the different things that we can medicate ourselves with, uh, we're distracted from being able to do that cleaning, ho'oponopono, prayerful work, listening to the Holy Spirit. Now, um, one of the, so it's not about we shouldn't, because listen, people spend hours a day listening to me, all right? So they're, and the, it, the thing is, is what what are you listening with? Are you listening with the intention to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Or are you just filling the space? Because you don't want to listen to your own thoughts. That's why I have that practice in the workbook about the one-day Vipassana. It's not truly a Vipassana at all. But it's just a one-day listen to your thoughts. And it's like putting your mind through the washing machine. And for some people, there's a spin cycle and an agitation cycle and a rinse cycle and then you, you come you come to stillness and you feel more purified more clean because you have allowed all that um stuff to bubble up and to fall away so if you haven't done that yet I'm really encouraging you to take the time to do that I wonder if there's anybody on the line right now who has done it that would be willing to share their experience. Anybody done that? I actually that, did it. And and you you've shared your experience though, haven't you? Yeah. No. No. Oh, share it with us then, Vicky. 
Oh, well, I did it, and I find that a lot of um, blaming, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> which it kind of makes sense to what you are telling me now, that um, those memories might be rising because of self-forgiveness. So I did it last week. I did it for one for eight hours, and uh, I just discovered that I have a lot of uh, blaming, just just blaming myself for a lot of things. Yeah. So I encourage you, if you can, to really do it for the entire day. I know you have uh, responsibilities and things like that, but uh, if you set the intention, Holy Spirit, angels, masters, company of heaven, please assist me in finding the perfect time and place and opportunity to have my the whole one day. Uh, because I, I really think that there's an immense value in doing it from the doing it just like it's in in the workbook uh, from the time you get up until the time you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. If you can. But thank you. That's really helpful because, yeah, you see that was all coming up. And if you could have gone another eight hours or seven hours, um, you would have more benefit. But do it again. And intend that it would be as if you were doing it continuously. Because we can intend that. Yes. Great. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you. Yes. And so I, I'm going to go a little bit more here in the Ho'oponopono. So one of the things that he talks about here is the that when you uh get to the zero state you're listening to divine guidance and you're moving from divine guidance and so then you don't really you don't need to live intentionally anymore because you're always living from inspiration which is pure and loving so that's why in masterful living we live from intention to carry us to that point when we can simply live from inspiration. So while we're doing this cleaning and this purification, we use the intention to carry us. And that's why one of the most fundamental practices in Masterful Living is to do that daily uh, setting of intention to have our contract, to read our contract again and again, to really memorize it uh, so that we know it. It's coming from our heart. It is our heart's desire. That is a profound shift. When people have a contract that they know it, it's their heart's desire, they're living in it, they're affirming it, uh, repeating it to themselves many times a day, it's a life changer. It's a, if you're not doing that, it's nothing to feel bad about, but you can set the intention to move to that level of intentionality, dedication, and commitment. One of the key things for Dr. Hugh Lin is to understand that we take responsibility for everything that we are experiencing. And this is one of the things that beautifully came up in the community call over the weekend. So we're we're willing to we're cultivating that willingness to 
take responsibility for sight, like it says on page <coughs> 448 in A Course in Miracles. I am responsible for what I see. Everything is just as I wish it would be. So just to clarify that, everything that we're experiencing is a projection of our mind, which is the collective mind. And our taking responsibility for everything we see means that we can help impact the healing of it. So when we see what appears to be tragedy, what appears to be evil, what appears to be destructive, if we take responsibility for it, then we can be a beneficial presence in the world. We can hold it in the highest light and know that we don't know what anything is for. It's for our learning. It's for our healing. We're accepting it that way. And we are willing to see the perfection and the wholeness in it. We are willing to see that everything is gently planned by one whose only purpose is our good. We're willing to see that. And it, only our willingness allows us to see it. If we're in judgment, we can't see it because we don't have any willingness. So some things come up, they trigger us, and as we've talked about, then it's mirroring back to us what our belief systems are. If it triggers us, if it upsets us, then we know there's an unhealed thought. There's a thought that is the memory, as it says in Hewlin's teachings, it's a memory coming up for healing. When we're triggered, there's a memory coming up for healing. There's a pattern, there's a belief coming up for healing. If we can move right into, I'm so grateful my stuff is up for healing. I'm interested in the healing. Thank you, God, for my healing. I accept my healing now. I share the benefits of my healing with everyone because I'm one with them. Working with that prayer, that belief, uh, it's so powerful. Now, sometimes things are coming up, it's a cry for love. So Tina was talking about in the community call that last week in Living a Course Miracles, there were some technical difficulties. And maybe a hundred people or so experienced technical difficulty. Out of thousands of people participating in the free classes, of Living a Course in Miracles, which you can sign up for the Living a Course in Miracles free classes at livingacourseofmiracles.com right now. Uh, we've got 14 more classes, all free for you. This week we're talking about uh, loving our body and loving ourselves with James Twyman. And, um, but last week we had some t technical difficulties with the first very first class. And so you might be surprised that some people get very irritated, frustrated, and upset. It was a beautiful discussion that you had in the community call. And um, when people come to me and they're frustrated and they're upset and everything, I've learned that's the cry for love, which allows me to be compassionate. What is compassion? Compassion is loving understanding, 
Love is the healer. So when I move into my compassionate heart, when there's a cry for love, then I'm living my purpose. I am here only to be truly helpful. That's my purpose. So I get to live my purpose when someone has a cry for love. And I am grateful, grateful, grateful that that is so. Even though it's not always, it's not fun. It's no, never fun when someone is upset or frustrated or irritated. But it's powerful and it gives me a chance to practice. And you know what? It's like um, I, I was having an experience with my goddaughter staying with her now. And she has some of the same patterns of um, getting upset that I had when I was a child. And uh, I noticed that I had some sense of irritation around it. And so I just went within. And what is this about? And I realized... Oh, you know what, Jennifer? There is some self-forgiveness that is for you and the way you behaved when you would push and push and push and be intentionally irritating to your family. And you haven't forgiven yourself for it. You're holding yourself, holding it against yourself, even though it happened 40-some, 50 years ago. You still haven't forgiven yourself for it. And so she is representing that to you. She's representing that to you. So you can be loving to her as a way of loving yourself because there's only one. So that opened my heart even more to her and seeing myself in her and being able to recognize this is what it's for. It's for my healing. She is presenting this to me, representing this to me so I can have my healing. I'm taking responsibility for the way that she is acting behaving and owning it, working with the Ho'oponopono, working with the forgiveness. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness. That's the teaching of A Course in Miracles. Why? Because there's only one. So all situations, circumstances are helpful. That's from the trust section in the teacher's manual. Working with this, these teachings, seeing how they're all the same. The Ho'oponopono is the same as A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles tells us your freedom comes in taking 100% responsibility. That's what Hugh Lynn demonstrated in that psych ward. He took total responsibility for everything and everyone in the ward, and the whole ward was transformed. The more you're willing to take responsibility for everything that you experience, for every single bit of dysfunction in every part of your history, the faster your healing, your liberation, and your joy will be upon you. It's amazing. It's 
from the ego's point of view, it's insanity and it is the truth that sets us free. And we're choosing it together. We're choosing to know it and demonstrate it and reveal it. And each one's willingness to experience it inspires the next one who inspires the next one. And we rise together. All boats rise on this holy tide of love. And that's why this is my... I think, I can't remember now, sixth or seventh year doing, um, I guess the seventh year of doing Masterful Living, oh my God. And I love it. I love it more each year. And I love you, and I love each one of you, your courage. Your courage to not give up and to keep going. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart. To take a breath of love and gratitude. And we are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember the truth that sets us free. We're grateful and thankful for our healing. We're grateful and thankful for our willingness. We're grateful and thankful that love is our true nature. In grace and gratitude, we accept and we allow all of our blessings and we share the benefits with everyone. We allow our healing to unfold. We allow our freedom to reveal itself in our heart and in our mind. We let it be and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. <sighs> great class. I love you. Thank you, everyone. God bless you and have a great week.